0: Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You are now tuned to the sounds of MaximaFM.ca and also listening on to your preferred podcast player. It is your man DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. What we're doing? You can catch me on your TV, on the radio. A spot, and I'm out your way to go. We Why them haters mad? Ain't no stopping us, ain't no topping us They be watching us, we so prosperous Ain't no stopping us, ain't no topping us They be watching us, we so prosperous Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better CALL SOMEBODY! Indeed, 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 tell a friend to tell a friend that we are now live on the airwaves and also in case you, you'll be listening later on to your preferred podcast player once again it is your man dm cool and this is cool radio man i've been out of the booth for about two weeks man every time i feel every time that i'm not in the booth for an elongated period of time it feels weird stepping back in because you know you don't get that constant rhythm back uh, back into the flow of things anymore and what have you so you kind of gotta restart that but sometimes it's just a matter of being on the mic for about two minutes, and then you're, you're back on track, basically. But uh, let's just say that I've been doing a bit of uh, load management, as the Raptors staff would say, in regards to Kawhi Leonard. No shots taken at all, but I feel like I should start using that term nowadays. Shouts to Kawhi and what he's been doing with the Raptors, though. Uh, but yeah, honestly, guys, we got a lot to talk about tonight. We have so much to talk about. We got to talk about... The Oscars, specifically Black Panther, getting seven Oscar nominations, which is huge. We got to talk about Nas and his entrepreneurship. We got to talk about Soldier Boy and his entrepreneurship and the whole bevy of other things as well. Pardon me. With that said, though. You guys already know that I got some stuff to get off my chest. And it's about two weeks' worth of buildup. But nonetheless, whatever needs to be said needs to be said tonight. So we're going to do that in a little segment that I like to call that you affectionately know and love entitled Let That Ish Breathe. Let this bitch breathe, breathe, breathe. So a lot has been happening lately, as to no surprise. And one of the things that has happened lately is racism. Now, racism is not new. We know this. Uh, Or do we? (laughs) Uh, But, you know, and yet another blunt act of racism took place uh, this past week in Washington, D.C., I believe. I could be wrong on that, but I believe it was Washington. um, When a group of kids from a school known as Covington Catholic School harassed an an indigenous individual who was there um, protesting. Now, initially this is how it all started so what we see on video immediately is a whole bunch of kids from this coming to uh, high school all boys who are wearing make america great again hats by the way all caucasian were surrounding the aboriginal individual and he was doing a. I uh i think he was singing a, a song that's more in tune with his, with his uh, indigenous roots basically And he was um, banging on the drum as well as he was singing this song So <clears throat> all we see is the kid in question I'm not sure what his name is And I don't think they've actually announced what his name is Because he's probably a minor um, He's just He just has like this sophomoric obnoxious grin on his face As the gentleman is beating his drum basically and we see a whole bunch of kids who are laughing and taunting. You see a few kids doing the, the tomahawk chop sign as an ignorant sign of disrespect, basically, uh, playing on his indigenous roots. And he through it all, he's sticking with it. He's singing the song, he's singing the song. Now, of course they're gonna be there are gonna be those people who are saying, Oh, you're taking it out of context, you're not telling the whole story, da 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 which you know, to no surprise, at this point there were people trying to defend these kids and what have you. But the minute you're wearing a "Make America Great Again" hat, like your credibility is out the window. And all these kids were wearing those hats. So, <clears throat> more footage has come out in light of that. Um, in light of that video, where you have those same kids before the uh, indigenous individual came into the equation, they were basically harassing a protest group that were part of the uh, black Israelite Israelite movement, basically. And there was only a few of them from what we saw on video. And so they started harassing them. And the situation between those two parties looked to be very contentious. So that's when the indigenous individuals stepped in in between them to break up the conflict by by singing his song and beating his drum and what have you. And that's when all these MAGA hat-wearing kids... Started acting Well, not started acting, but began to act obnoxious towards him. And then sometime before or after the video, there's more uh, video footage surfacing of a group of those uh, same boys who were catcalling young girls as well. So obviously, these kids were up to no good from the very beginning. So there's nowhere... <coughs> pardon me. There's nowhere to actually... Def- there's no grounds, I should say, to actually defend these kids. Like, that's the... That is the uh, the reality of the situation, basically. Now, what I found telling was the fact that the parents of the kid who stood face to face with that with the indigenous individual who gave him that that obnoxious stare down, they are they actually hired a PR firm to defend his actions and to paint a different tale based on what was shown in the video, in multiple videos, I should say. And I was just asking myself, or saying to myself, rather, isn't this the biggest form of white privilege when you know you're in the wrong, yet you still try to have to find a way to defend yourself when you're sh- shilling out money to defend a guilty action that, you just, that, that just took place, basically? I found that very telling. But again, not surprised. <clears throat> Nonetheless, however, the school, the representatives of the school, said how embarrassed they were of whatever just took place and how they don't stand for that type of injustice and what have you and that consequences are going to be met. Now, what consequences those are going to be, we don't know. But if it were up to me, I'm just saying, I'd expel the hell out of those kids. I would expel them. I mean, if those parents have enough money to hire a PR firm to cover up for his mistakes, his blatant mistake then I'm sure they have enough money to put them into whatever private academy that's in the state or the city or wherever they're located at. But, yeah, I think these kids should be held accountable for real. And then people are going to say, "Oh, you're violating their freedom of speech and what have you. Let's get one thing straight, guys. Freedom of speech means that you have the freedom to say whatever you want. You can say A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all the way to the damn end of the alphabet if you would like to. What you're not free from, however are the consequences that come from it. So if you want to go and say, let's make America great again because America, go ahead and say it. No one's going to stop you from saying it. But no one is going to pace themselves for a minute and give you their retorts back because that's how freedom of speech works. You get to say whatever you want, cool. But that means... I can say whatever you I can say whatever I want. You can say whatever you want, but you're not free from the criticism that I'm about to give you. And you're not free from whatever consequences come from that. So if you're gonna say make America great again at whatever location you're at, then be prepared for the consequences that come with it. And the fact that these kids were harassing an indigenous individual, black individuals, and women, oh my god, come on. Is that not white male patriarchy all in a handbasket right there? How do you manage at harassing three minority groups all in a day? All in a day. Like, that is the most purest form of irony that you can think of. Like, if you don't think that white privilege doesn't exist, please look no further than that video. Because, again, they are harassing an, uh, an aboriginal individual. They are... <clears throat> harassing black individuals, and they're harassing women. Those are probably the same kids who got mad at that Gillette ad that, 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 that popped up on the internet a few weeks ago. And in all this talk of, you know, you're disrespecting the flag or disrespecting the troops and all that hoopla that's been going on for the last few years ever since the whole call Colin Kaepernick thing, well, it just so happens that that aboriginal individual that was being harassed by those students was actually a Vietnam veteran. Yeah. Yeah. So all those people out there talking about, oh, you're disrespecting the flag, or what about the troops? Think about the military individuals. That gentleman served in Nam. In Nam. That war took place, what, like 50 years ago? Roughly around that period? And he still survived to tell his story? And these little MAGA hat-wearing little shitheads, are impeding in his space and they're trying to taunt him, giving him the tomahawk sign like this, that one little shithead just confronting him, giving him that sophomore grin on his face, all because he he wanted to step in and, and, and neutralize a potential, uh, you know, peculiar situation. Get the fuck out of here, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Those kids deserve to get suspended at the, the very least. Suspended. Me? I'd expel the hell out of all those kids. I would expel them. Straight up. Because that's not how you represent a student body. That's not how you represent a conglomerate or anything of the sort. That's just ignorant behavior. And unless you stand for that, then that's not the type of actions that you want to have representing your faction. But that's just me. What do you guys think? Hit me up on all social media platforms at Cool Radio CC to share your thoughts. Pardon me, still recovering from a cold that I had a few weeks ago, which is one of the reasons why I wasn't be able to come into the booth. But nonetheless, <coughs> after the commercial break, let's get into some Oscar talk now. Let's get into Black Panther. You know, it's been a minute since I went into full depth of, about Black Panther, uh, but nonetheless, we're going to do that. We're going to talk about its Oscar nominations, the first superhero ever superhero movie ever to be nominated for Best Picture, and all that in between. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. We'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. You're now tuned to the sounds of your boy, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. Welcome back. Now, let's get into some Oscar talk, okay? Oscar talk is important this time around, mainly because of the fact that my boy T'Challa, a.k.a. the Black (laughs) out to Forge Whitaker. Uh, Nonetheless, Black Panther has been nominated for seven Oscars. And let me just give you a rundown of all the awards that it got nominated for at this year's, uh, at the 91st Academy, 91st Annual Academy Awards. So it got nominated for Best Picture. Best Original Song for Pray For Me. Or, sorry, not Pray For Me, for All The Stars. Pardon me. Uh, For All The Stars, uh, Kendrick Lamar and SZA. Best Score. Shout-outs to uh, Ludwig Goranson. Uh, Best Set Design. Hannah Beachler, who is actually the first African-American woman in Oscars history to be nominated for that category. Uh, Best Costume Design. uh, Shout-outs to uh, Ruth Carter. Uh, Best Sound Mixing and Best Sound Editing. Now, seven awards. That's pretty hefty. I don't think it got the most nominations, but that's definitely a lot, especially for a superhero film, especially for a film with the majority of the cast being people of color, which is huge. And that big stereotype about, oh, black people can't sell movies overseas. I mean, it made $1.3 billion worldwide. What more do you want? All right? I think it made more than Infinity War, which is mind-boggling to me. But I'm sure a part of <clears throat> of the Sailing for Infinity War Was the fact that Black Panther was going to be in it too But anyways I digress <clears throat> So like I said before It is the first superhero film To be nominated For a best picture uh, For the best picture category And it's up against some stiff com- uh, competition I mean Black Klansman is in that comp- Is in that category as well Roma uh, There's a, there's a whole bunch of films that are in, the, that, are in that category I think the um uh, the Bohemian Rhapsody film is in there as well. There's a lot of films that are in that category. So as far as whether it can win, on, win or not, or sorry, whether I think it's going to win or not, I mean, obviously my heart goes out for it. I would love for it to win. Will it? I don't know for sure because, to be fair, I haven't seen any of the other movies in that category. So I can't just say, oh, Black Panther's going to win. It's going to win. It's definitely going to win. I don't know. I really don't know. And from what I've seen as far as the categories are concerned, um, that main category, it's pretty diverse in terms of what type of movies are in there because usually when it comes to the best picture category – it's usually those super artsy art house films that you can only see in select theaters that are only in theaters for a limited amount of time. So like a movie like La La Land or Moonlight, like those are the type of, types of films that end up winning Best Picture because it's more about the arts of the film and that a blockbuster movie or a popular movie doesn't quote unquote deserve to be in that category. And that's one of the main reasons why the Academy was thinking about making a category for Best Popular Film. And I remember Chadwick Boseman was actually protesting against that, saying that it diminishes the art of the film no matter how popular it is. And a lot of people are saying if that category actually gets made, then that'll just be a consolation prize for Black Panther. But if the movie had some artistic integrity to it, some artistic value, and it just so happened to be popular, then why not? I mean, you look at Roma. Roma had... God knows how many streams on Netflix, and that's in that that's in the the best uh, picture category. But again, Roma kind of caters to that art house style, so p- take and pick what you choose with that one in, in that regard. Uh, but nonetheless, I think Black Panther is deserving of that of that uh, nomination. And there's of course there's going to be a lot of people, or maybe at least at the very least a vocal minority of people saying, "Oh, well, it's just a superhero film. It was the most overrated." movie of 2018, it's so woke, oh my god, whatever, listen, here's the reason why Black Panther deserves to be in that category, and I'm not even speaking from a fan's perspective, okay, I am laying out all the facts for everyone, so fact number one, it grossed 200, well over 200 million dollars in the first weekend. Fifth highest opening box office debut in cinema history. Sure, you can count inflation, whatever, but at the end of the day, numbers are numbers, right? Can't take that away from it, all right? Not only that, it got a 97% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which is an amalgamation of all the rating systems that are out there, from Metacritic, from Collider, from screen junkies, whatever the case may be, like everyone's rating is in there as one big giant average rating. So for it to average out to 97%, that is huge. All right. So that's another thing. It was so and with that being said, it was it was critically received. Brian Kugler got a lot of praise for, for producing a movie that still keeps intact with this artistic vision that he's been doing from uh from Fruitville Station. To Creed and now to Black Panther in that regard. You had a conversation about culture and identity in this movie. Something that dense is rarely seen in a superhero film. There have been other movies, there have been other films that have done it before, but very far and few in between. On top of that, you have the fact that this movie created a movement, it created a lot of social dialogue on social media, in the news, everyone was talking about it. Like, you could not escape it. Like, you literally... Like, the way people couldn't escape Bird Box, you couldn't escape this. Now, that's not to compare the two movies together because I'm sure Black Panther was a better movie than Bird Box, but two, two different movies, but that's besides the point. And then you had people buying up movie theaters in their local communities, not just in America, but worldwide, pardon me, but worldwide, just so people could have the chance... To see Black Panther. Because it was all about representation. A black superhero. Not that we haven't had a black superhero before. Because, because we have. Or at least black comic book figures. I mean we've had Blade. We've had Spawn. We've had um, Meteor Man. We've had like all the like, different types. We've had Hancock. <clears throat> but none of them were on this level. From a social standpoint. You're talking about a superhero. Who is not only that. But also a king as well. Has his own kingdom. In a country. Albeit fiction is the richest most wealthiest rather country in the world with the most resources as well as most technically a illog- large technically illog- technical, technically advanced nation in the world basically and that type of representation isn't often given to black characters in films it's always the same stereotype over and over again don't need to go through that whole spiel we already <clears throat> we already know what it is and the fact that they're able to condense all of that and have a social message behind it as well is telling of it the characters in that film the antagonist in the film the fact that he was somewhat morally ambiguous to the point where you almost had to figure out whether you wanted to side with him or you wanted to side with the main protagonist of the film as well there's all these factors that combine into one that make black panther such a great film which is why it deserves that 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 slot for for Best Picture. I'm not saying it's going to win, but it at least deserves a nomination for that. And I can't see why people, some people don't understand why it does. Some people are kind of very narrow, narrow. I'm not gonna say narrow. Well, you know whatever. I'll say narrow-minded and don't really have the vision and the capacity to understand why it got that nod, especially when in their minds they say to themselves, "Oh, it was a superhero film. It's just a superhero film. Wakanda's not real." Okay, well, guess what? Hogwarts isn't real. All right, you don't see people complaining about that. Like, Tatooine isn't real. You don't see people complaining about that. So why can't people enjoy the fact that they're watching a movie, albeit about a fictional nation, that introduces real-life issues into it, issues that people are still going through today? When it comes to black people especially, there are black people in America who go through issues of identity because their, their cultural identity was taken away, and that's something that Black Panther explained within the film. And to be honest, walking into the film, I did not think even for a second that they're going to dive into those topics. And I'm glad they did. Now, with that being said, some of those people who are mad are saying to themselves, well, uh, The Dark Knight should have been that first movie to be nominated for Best Picture Award. And you know what? I agree. uh, The Dark Knight should have been nominated for Best Picture Award. I agree 110%. No, no lies detected, and I guess based on the, based on the way the Oscars were structured back then, there weren't as many nominees within a certain category. I think that's why I got left out. But nonetheless, that was probably the one of the biggest snubs in Oscar history. Because how do you have you know one of its actors in that film get an award, be nominated for an award, but not the actual film itself when that film was one of the biggest films in two thousand and eight. So I agree. It should have been the first superhero film to get that nomination for best picture. But the reality of the situation is it's not, but What I can credit The Dark Knight is the fact that because it was so good, it actually opened the door for the opportunity and the potential for a superhero movie a la Black Panther to actually have the opportunity to get nominated for that award. So you could say that they opened the door in that regard as far as conversation and dialogue is concerned. So I will give The Dark Knight credit that. But to go back in the past and say, well, that should have been nominated, that doesn't really help anyone. It really doesn't. If you're a fan of The Dark Knight, then you know how great of a movie it was. There, are, there have been so many movies that have come out in history that haven't even been nominated for a Best Picture category. We can go down the list, but we be, you know, picking at straws and splitting hairs at that point. So let's not focus on the past when it comes to that regard. Um, on top of that, when it comes to, <clears throat> when it comes to that film and what have you, what I found interesting. Is even though I was excited that it got nominated for best picture, what I found confusing was the fact that even though it got nominated for best picture, you would assume that it would get a bit a few more nominations in, in some important categories. For example, if your film, and I'm not a film expert, I love film, I'm a movie buff, but I can't really call myself an expert in that regard. But if you if you have a film and it is nominated for Best Picture, wouldn't you think that the director would get a nod for Best Director as well? So I was a little puzzled that Ron Coogler didn't get a nomination. Now, mind you, I can't tell you off the top of my head who has had those nominations in uh, in, in this year's Oscars. As far as that's concerned, I'm sure they put out great work. But for a film that got nominated for Best Picture, you would assume that the director would get a nod for Best Director. You would assume that the writers would get a nod for best screenplay and or best screenplay adaptation. In this case, best screenplay adaptation because it's based on a comic book series. You would assume that there would be a nod for best actor, in this case it would be Chadwick Boseman, and then you would assume that there, especially in this category, that there would be uh, an award, or sorry, a nomination for best supporting actor for Michael B. Jordan. Because let's be honest, no matter who you liked in the film the best, Jordan's character of Killmonger was by far the most compelling character in that film. He was arguably the one that was driving the conversation about this film. It was a team effort, don't get me wrong. But he probably had the strongest talking points, probably was the biggest topic of conversation when it came to this film. So I'm a little surprised that he didn't get that nomination. I thought for sure he would get that nomination, if anything. But I'm a little surprised that he didn't. It is what it is. I'm sure that'll just motivate him to, you know, perform better in in his future films. But nonetheless, it's a total it's a totalian effort that this film even got nominated. And that's breaking ground, especially for a film that has a majority cast of people of color. And that brings me to the next topic that I want to get into real quick, as far as diversity is concerned. This is a huge thing. This is a huge moment for diversity in Hollywood. I'm sure there's still a long ways to go. Don't get me wrong. Like It's not like we did it. We finally climbed over that mountain. No, Like there's still a long way to go. But when you make a selection like Black Panther to be nominated for Best Picture, it shows you that Hollywood or in some spaces within Hollywood are attempting to advance. You know, It's like Moonlight getting the award for Best Picture two years ago back in 2017. That was a huge moment. It was a typical art house film, but it still had people of color in that film representing their roles well and representing the black experience from a completely different standpoint that we did not expect before. And it was more than deserving of that award I found. Now for a film like Black Panther, despite the fact that it's talking about all these social issues that are still relevant to this day and there's great dialogue amongst all the actors and in their characters, what have you, the fact of the no matter remains, it's a blockbuster superhero movie. And that is not quote unquote, Oscar worthy basically These are what all the gatekeepers have been saying for years So if Black Panther Were to win that award Then that would be a huge sign That change is coming Not just for you know people of color uh, Within Hollywood But also let's be honest For the superhero movie genre as well It, can, it shows you that you can take it Further beyond Just the popcorn watching extravaganza That it's been for an X amount of years basically So I hope that, you know, my heart, again, my heart hopes that Black Panther wins this film. And I'm saying that as a fan so that this change could, you know, get a kickstart basically. It's not going to happen overnight, but that could be the flames that stokes the rest of, that, that stokes everything into fruition at that point. So I hope that is the case because it is a really good film. And for all the people who are downplaying it, they either just don't understand it, they don't like the fact that it's getting this much attention. Or they thought there were better superhero movies out there that deserve more attention than that this one did. Or they just feel left out of the conversation altogether. Or they just can't relate. Or they're just racist. It's one one of the five. I give you five options. Just be lucky that I put racism at the end. That way you wouldn't say that that, that I'm playing the race card or whatever the case may be. But nonetheless, what do you guys think? Should Black Panther win the award for best picture? What are its chances of winning those other awards that it was nominated for? Either way, hit me up on all social media platforms at Cool Radio CC and share your thoughts. Coming up after the break, man, we are going to talk about a bevy of topics. I got about three or four that I really want to get in, so we'll see if we have enough time to do so. But nonetheless, this is Cool Radio, and we'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Cool. Yes, yes, yo, welcome back to Cool Radio Once again, it's your man DM Cool <clears throat> Now, let's get into Trip Talk Now, normally I have three topics within this segment But I'm going to do four because these four I really want to discuss I think it's important to discuss these because one of them was kind of happened throughout last week And it kind of bled into this week as well So I really want to get that off my chest too But nonetheless, let's get into it, man First off, we got to talk about Tory lanes, all right? Now I was close to giving him the Wankster of the Week, but someone took in, t- uh, came in and took that spot from him. Uh, but nonetheless, we're about to get into this right now. So Tory Lanez um, kind of made waves on the internet this week because he claimed that he is the best rapper alive. All right. Now he's he would not be the first rapper to say this, and he won't be the last. But this is what he said in a series of tweets, and I quote. I'm the best rapper alive right now. I will body any of y'all niggas out, period. And for anybody denying what I'm saying, that's cool. Just remember, your favorite rapper wouldn't step up the last time because niggas is afraid of this work. Don't tell me nothing about Cole or Pusha T either. Some of my favorite rappers. But I gave them both an equal opportunity to go bar for bar with me and they weren't ready. I will become the biggest artist in the world one day. I will also be known as the best artist at all aspects of my craft. I don't care if you doubt me. You will see for yourself in due time. Now, that last tweet, I have no problem with because you got to have confidence in your craft. Uh, and sometimes you just got to speak into existence as well. So I'm not mad at that. That's cool. But the first three tweets, eh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there have been many rappers that claim that title on the best rapper alive, best rapper alive. And sometimes what I notice is that. Whenever a rapper says that, sometimes it sounds like they're trying to convince themselves that, the, that they're the best rapper alive. But then there's some rappers who actually kind of come out and prove it, per se. So, for example, when Lil Wayne came out and said, I'm the best rapper alive since the best rapper retired, he was referring to Jay-Z, and that, was, that line was back in 05. I mean, of course, there were some people believing it, but... In the words of Jay-Z, ironically, we don't believe you. We need any more people. So when that dedication mixtape series came out the year later, then people started saying, okay, he might have a point. He might be onto something. And it's one of those things where if you speak it out so much, then people will tend to believe you. I never personally thought that Lil Wayne was the best rapper alive. I did think that he had some dope bars here and there, but he was definitely the most popular rapper alive uh, in 2008, especially, so I'll give that to him. Now, going back to Tory, I mean, I, I I can't give him that title. I'm sorry. I mean, if he wants to pump himself up, cool, but I don't think he's better than J Cole. I don't think he's better than Bushy T. I don't think he's better than Big Crit. I don't think he's better than Logic. I don't think he's better than Drake, and I damn sure don't think he's better than Kendrick Lamar. To me, Kendrick Lamar is the best rapper alive. He is the king of rappers right now, especially for this generation going forward. He's definitely the king of rap right now, in my personal opinion. But I don't know if Tory is trying to pump himself up, if he's trying to troll the internet, if he's trying to be the rap version of Jacques right now. Um, I don't really know what he's trying to do. If he's trying to be a troll and he's trying to drum up some controversy to get ready for this tour that he has with Drake and what have you. I don't know if it's strictly for a clout thing, but either way, he needs more people to believe him at this point because he's kind of delusional. He's kind of delusional if he thinks he's the best rapper alive. I mean, if you personally feel that way, that's cool. But to call out other rappers and say, you know, they didn't want to catch the smoke, I gave them the ample amount of opportunity. It's like now you sound like you're just talking out of your ass, which is why I almost gave him the winks of the week. Now, speaking of Pusha T. Pusha T put out a tweet, and we don't know if this was about Tory Lanez. Some people were saying it was about Drake. We don't know. But around the time that Tory put out that tweet, Pusha put out this tweet as well. I don't know if it was before or after, but this is what Pusha said in the tweet. He said, you tried, you failed. I'm hearing you want to try again. This time I'm not going to play with you, any of you. So off the bat, it sounds like he's talking about Drake because of the recent endeavor once in, with, the, with one another last summer. But then reading these tweets from Tory Lanez, it almost sounds like it could be about him, especially the last time where he says any of you. So we don't know. It's a very ambiguous tweet. We don't know. But what do you guys think? Is Tory Lane the best rapper alive? Either way, hit me up with your comments on all social media platforms at Cool Radio CC and let me find out. Or let me know, rather, what you think about that. Because me personally, I don't think he's the best rapper alive. But if he wants to think that, hey, do you? Do you. Everyone's got to be confident in their craft. Everyone has to pump themselves up, and it's rap. right? Rap is almost like a competitive sport at times, so it is what it is. But nonetheless, let's keep things moving. (coughs) Pardon me. So Jay-Z, Meek Mill, and Van Jones (coughs) have all combined, like Thanos and the Infinity Stones, in a gauntlet to form the Prison Reform Coalition, or the Alliance, rather. And this Alliance is a conglomerate of many notable people, Uh, within the entertainment industry and within athletics as well. And those are three of the members that are part of this. And basically what their mission is, I think they said within the next five years, they want to use all their resources to exonerate over one million uh, people who who have been incarcerated into the prison system. And they mainly want to do this because of the fact that when it comes to the prison pipeline system in America, a lot of people – A lot of inmates have been wrongly convicted of crimes that they did not commit and therefore have become a product of the prison of the prison pipeline system. By the way, if you haven't seen the documentary 13th, which is on Netflix, which was produced and directed by Ava DuVernay, please watch that because it is very telling of said system. And in light of what happened with Meek Mill uh, throughout the last six or seven months, what have you him being incarcerated for, you know, violating the terms of probation This is what sparked that, essentially. Now, what I'll say is this. I love the fact that all these uh, black entrepreneurs and millionaires and multimillionaires and people from the realms of entertainment, athletics, politics, and what have you are all coming together for this coalition, even Meek Mill as well. Um, What I will say about this is the following. Most of you guys know by now I'm not the biggest fan of Meek Mill. I feel like he kind of glorifies the, 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 the live fast, die young, you know, ghetto fabulous persona, what have you. I feel like he kind of glorifies the hood in that regard. Um, but I do respect the fact that based on the experiences that he's now gone through, that he is now using that, um, and he's using his leverage within the music industry and collaborating with people who have music or who have leverage within the entertainment industry as a whole to start this. Now, I personally don't think he was the one who came up with this. I feel like this is more within Jay-Z's realm. I feel like this is more within the realm of Van Jones. But I do appreciate the fact that he is collaborating with these individuals to speak on the matter. I believe – I think it's the the president of – the vice president of the Philadelphia 76ers is involved with this initiative as well, which is also a good look. But, yeah, nonetheless – Again, not the biggest fan of Meek Mill as far as his music goes, as far as his persona goes, and how he handles these situations, especially him being a high profile figure. But at least now that he has gone through this and he has gone through it firsthand that he'll know what to do going forward. And I hope this isn't just like some one-time thing where he jumps on the bandwagon because social activism is a new thing to get trendy over. I really hope that he's consistent with this. So I'm a little hesitant on giving him my full support on this, but I do appreciate that he's using his platform to speak on this matter because it does need to be spoken on. Because I believe like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, this wouldn't have happened with, with other rappers and entertainers within the industry. But I do respect the fact that it's happening Right now, so I will give him that credit on that. I just hope he maintains this and that this is sustainable going forward so that it doesn't look like some sort of, like, opportunistic jump off where he's capitalizing on something that is very important to communities of color, especially the black community in North America, so... We'll see how this goes, but I'm happy of the fact that all these people have joined in and brought their resources together to start this initiative because this prison pipeline nonsense needs to end immediately. But what do you guys think? Um, let me know what all your thoughts are on this matter. Hit me up on all social media platforms at cool Radio CC, And again, share your thoughts. Let's talk about Nas, okay? So Nas has a streamline of businesses that he has been very active with with the last four or five years now, ever since he uh, launched his uh, Mass Appeal brand and also uh, this Queensbridge, um, Queensbridge QVP. I can't remember what the initials are, or like what they stand for and what have you, but he's been very active basically on the business front. And one of the things that he has invested in has now basically, he's he's cashed in on it. So what I'm referring to is, um, I believe it's called Pluto TV. So Pluto TV uh, is a venture that he invested in, and I believe Viacom has now purchased it. Now, I'm trying to get the exact price and the exact quote of that price. But I believe it's, it's well within the millions. I'm just trying to get the exact number. So I'm not, oh, oh, yeah, it's well within the huh, millions. Huh? It's, it's in the millions. It's deep in the millions. Pluto TV was purchased by Viacom for $340 million. Yes, 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 yes. Are you kidding me? A quarter of a billion dollars, well over a quarter of a billion dollars, is was the purchasing price of Pluto TV. And Pluto TV is a streaming platform similar to the vein of Netflix and Hulu and what have you. And Viacom purchased it for that amount, and Nas had shares invested into that. I think he had just over a million dollars invested into that venture, and now that venture has paid off, so his pockets are only getting bigger. <laughs> and what I love about Nas is the fact that whenever his business ventures become successful, he doesn't brag or boast about it. at the very At the very at the most, you know, a, pr- uh, a press release will be announced that this, in fact, has you know taken off, and that's it. He doesn't have to brag about it. He doesn't have to boast about it. I mean, it's like what Lil Wayne said a while back. Real G's moving silence like lasagna. You know what I mean? But the point is, I love the fact that he's, not only is he hustling, but he's hustling smart, and he's hustling quietly. It may not see like, he may not be the rapper that seems to have a lot because he doesn't brag about it, he doesn't boast about it, and what have you, but that is a proof. The proof is in the pudding. Like, he has, he has money. He has guap, all right? And not that something like that should validate him, but... We should give him more credit as a business savvy individual. So, for my favorite rapper of all time to, you know, advancing in his career entertainment in this fashion is very refreshing to see. So, shout outs to um, Queensbridge's favorite son for that. Godson, you already know. Um, amazing. I have no other words for that. I just felt like it was important to get that story in there for today, most definitely. Uh, but yes, as always, let me know what your thoughts are on that story. Uh, hit me up on all social media platforms at Core cool Radio CC. And final topic within Trip Talk uh, we got to get into Soldier Boy. We got to get into Soldier Boy. Now, I'll say this about Soldier Boy. I'm not even going to explain the entire thing because by now we, we, we've known what's been happening for the last two weeks now, basically. Um, but in regards to Soldier Boy, I'm going to say this. As far as him saying, you know, he started Drake's career and Drake stole his flow and Ariana Grande stole his flow, et cetera, et cetera, and how he should be credited for their careers. That's a no. That's a hard no. That's a hard pass. I can't give him that because Drake was popping before that record that, that, that Soldier Boy was talking about, the Misfit record where he mimicked his flow. Drake has been popping in America since 2009. It was so far gone, all right? In fact, we're actually coming across the 10-year anniversary of that mixtape, ironically enough. But nonetheless, Drake has been popping for a very long time, much longer than, than that song came out. Um, as far as him starting the internet phase and how he became famous off of social media and how everyone has become famous off of social media since him, He's got a point there. Like, he was the first one to blow up off of social media because he came up during the MySpace era, all right? Ever since then, a lot of rappers have been coming up, but he was the first one to really blow up from MySpace. Everyone was kind of up and coming, but he was the first one to really blow up. He he made ringtone rap a thing, essentially. Like, ringtones were popular or skyrocketed because of him. There were ringtones beforehand, but ever since Social Boy uh, or Crank That came out, they skyrocketed from that point. Um. Now, when it comes to him being a businessman And him being on on uh, What was it, Everyday Struggle And Nadeska And 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 what's his name Freaking uh, academics making fun of him for that I mean, I think that's kind of That's kind of childish, that's kind of low And he made a good point, he said You know, whenever the Asians have a business, people support Whenever the Jewish community uh, have a business People support, whenever white people in general Have a business, people support When it comes to a black man having a business, they don't want to support He's kind of got a point. I may not be the biggest fan of Soulja Boy as far as his music and his antics are concerned, but he has a point. And I think I'm kind of impressed with how he's been moving as a business individual uh, as far as him coming out with his, with his own game console and stuff like that. That's kind of cool. Now, I am I don't know the particulars of the game console. I know there have been rumors of, of certain uh, publishers trying to sue him like Nintendo and what have you or developers, I should say. But if this game console thing is actually legit and he's actually selling it for a lower price, and the games that you see on Xbox and PS4 and what have you are also licensed to be played on his game console, that's a really good look, especially if it's for a lower cost. So if you want to buy his, I think it's called Soldier Game or whatever the case may be, but if it if you are buying it at a lower cost, then let's say a PS4 or Xbox One, for example, if it's half the cost or if it's like a quarter of it, then that's a good look because for people who can't afford the high-end game consoles, they can just buy the Soldier game and still play the same games if those games are, in fact, licensed. So I think that's a smart move on Soldier's part. And for Nadeska for to be asking, oh, why do you have so many businesses? Why not? Why not have multiple businesses? I To me, that's such an irresponsible question to ask. And for somebody who's been hosting a show, just in general, or someone who's a journalist... For X amount of years, I mean, I think it's kind of a dumb question to ask, in my personal opinion, coming from one journalist to another. And as for academics, this guy's a troll at this point. I'm sorry. I don't know why he's on TV at the, or this show at this point. And I feel like ever since Joe Budden left, like, the direction of the show has gone almost damn near nowhere. So I'm not sure what they're doing with that show, what, what they have plans with it. I feel like they just bring people on there just to troll and what have you. So, again, not the biggest fan of Soldier Boy. But at the end of the day, as an entrepreneur, I can't really hate on him. He's doing this thing. He gets a little crazy with his antics and his stories, but I'll leave it at that. But, again, what do you think about that? Hit me up on social media. I wish I could dive into this a lot longer, but we got to wrap things up. But before we do, you guys already know what time it is, man. It is time for Wankster of the Week. You wankster, you need to stop and this week's Wankster of the Week goes to none other than CNN uh, broadcaster Piers Morgan. Okay, now this unlikable rotten ragamuffin gets the Wankster of the Week because he tried his hand at equality and he failed miserably. So he's responding to a tweet from an individual. I don't know who the individual is, but this person said, The clitoris has 8,000 nerve endings and still isn't as sensitive as a white man on the internet. It's kind of true. Not going to lie, kind of true. And then Piers Morgan tried to combat that with his version of equality by saying the penis has 8,000 nerve endings too. But if I said it still isn't as sensitive as a black woman on the internet, I'd be banned from Twitter and fired for racist, toxic masculinity. Why is racist, to- why is racist toxic feminism like this tweet below any more acceptable? So when I read that, I see him as trying to play the is me" card. Why you, why are you trying to get at me? I'm a man who hasn't done anything. I'm not like those other guys. But in that tweet, in that hypothetical tweet, basically that you typed out, it's saying what I would do or what would happen if I were to say this you kind of proved to be that sensitive man that she's talking about in that tweet. And at the end of the day, the main difference in that scenario is the fact that when it comes to black women, they are probably the most uncared about person in America as far as the crimes that happen to them on a daily basis and that very little next to nothing gets done about it. Whereas when it comes to a white man in America, he has all the privilege in the world because America was built on white male patriarchy, so therefore you have privilege, therefore there are benefits that come with being a white man, and that is something that he doesn't understand because he is blind to the fact that he benefits from white privilege, whether he's a British man or an American man, it's all the same shit at the end of the day, he benefits from that privilege and he doesn't seem to understand that, and to be honest, Pierce Morgan is one of the worst people on television, I still do not understand why he is on CNN, and that's why I say CNN It seems like they don't know what they want to be. It seems like they want to please all sides. But really, why have somebody like this on your network? If anything, this guy's tailor-made for Fox News. Put him on Fox News. That way he'll feel real at home. But nonetheless, this guy's getting the wankster of the week because he's racist and a sexist. Let's call it for what it is. Does he deserve this wankster? Of course he does. And I'm going to drop it one more time just like this. And that does it for tonight's show people I want to thank you guys for tuning in uh, The podcast community as well I want to thank you for listening to this as well When you eventually do um, Make sure you hit us up on all social media platforms At Cool Radio CC uh, Next week we do have a, a guest coming in She goes by the name of the Moon. She is a recording artist She's going to drop one of her latest singles And we're going to talk music and all that good stuff But for now We must close off the show. So once again, it's your man, DM Cool. And Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace. Cool.